The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us offer our praise to God in liturgy, homily, and music as a gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, as a New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and as an internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. As we are able, let us stand together.
Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. You are invited during the Kyrie to offer your own prayers of confession. Our age, as much as, and perhaps more than others, hungers for the language of contrition, longs for a spirit of compunction, yearns for a courage of confession. Together we face the darkness of violence, the confusion of greed, the corruption of culture, and so this Sunday morning, we seek the one thing needful in a time of various forms of ruin, a desire for pardon given by the breath of God. Let us pray. beloved, we worship the God of pardon and peace. You know God to be a pardoning God. This is the gospel. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. 
A lesson from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. 
While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Let us say responsively verses from Psalm 29 with the Antiphon. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syria like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl, and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood, The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. friends, I invite you to rise up as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 to 11. Glory, Glory to you. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth, Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. taking some of your first breaths this morning as you wake up on a cold January Sunday. Breathe deeply. You may turn on the television or turn to the newspaper or turn up the radio. Morning has broken. A Sunday morning at that. Breathe deeply. You may wonder come Sunday this morning and wherever you are whether you have the spirit to get up and to get moving at all. 
You may be driving on the snowy Massachusetts Turnpike just past Worcester. You may be looking out upon Cape Cod. You may be brewing coffee overlooking the back bay. You may be sitting in the pew. You may wonder, what is there that I awake to find here other than darkness, other than confusion, other than corruption? Breathe deeply. Sin is one Christian doctrine that is measurably demonstrable and scientifically provable. We have no lack of darkness, no lack of confusion, no lack of corruption on January 11th, 2009. Turn on the television, turn to the newspaper, turn up the radio. They are sin, darkness, confusion, corruption. It is enough to take your breath away. Darkness can take your breath away. In the 21st century, men are still killing one another in the name of religion and smiling about it. Darkness. We run the risk of seeing things from 50,000 feet where the air is clear and the sky is bright, but at ground level, with children sitting for days in the presence of their parents, their dead parents, there is deep darkness. I look at my grandchildren who are here today and I wonder if someone so treated them just what I would do. No, there is no simple path out of the dank dusk, nor are there easy solutions to intractable problems of violence and self-defense, but there is surely plenty of darkness. It takes your breath away. Confusion takes your breath away. Once we were a land of 12, now we are a land of 8. Somehow in a few months we have moved from a net worth of 12 to a net worth of 8. A land, a people, a 300 million member corporation once thought to be valued at 12 now is more like an 8. Speaking of 8, one out of 8 employable men is not employed. You may be one, or your grandson, or your neighbor. What is utterly remarkable is the pervasive confusion about how this happened, how we got here, where exactly we are, and how, if at all, will we ever get out. Ask someone over dinner, what is a hedge fund? As one writer put it, we are a people who have a very hard time understanding and handling large sums of money that is anything over $136. Confusion, it takes your breath away. Corruption takes your breath away. There is a lasting corruption underfoot, what Gardner Taylor called the gone wrongness of life. In accidents, avoidable or not. In tragedy, explainable or not. In breach of faith, intended or not. In the breaking of laws, foreseen or not. If you, in person and in particular, have been present at the careening out of control, the plunging downhill of one or another part of life this week, you will think twice about getting up too early on a Sunday morning. And our deepest cultural corruption always, of course, is religious, as Blake so well knew. When Satan first the black bow bent and the moral law from the gospel rent, he turned the law into a sword and spilt the blood of mercy's Lord. Here, 
We want to go to a better place, to take the world to a better place, which is a non-religious place. That is our common hope preached here at Marsh Chapel. We remember that religion, per se, is not a good thing. It may be a popular thing, it may not be, but it is not necessarily a good thing. And all this makes for labored breathing. And for the preacher, a direct review of darkness, confusion, and, con and corruption can knock the breath right out of you. You can struggle to breathe, and you may, with me, just be catching your breath this Sunday morning, letting your lungs refill after violence and violation. That in itself can be counted as a meager blessing. Given the condition our condition is in on 111.09, an inverted 9-11 date, we may or may not be attuned to the way our scriptures mirror the condition our condition is in. Today's readings are all about beginnings of creation, Genesis 1, of the church, Acts 9, of Jesus, Mark 1, beginnings all. We begin a new week, we begin a new calendar year, we begin a new semester, but how are we to begin? Oddly, our lessons about beginnings themselves begin with darkness, confusion, and corruption. The announcement of what is good occurs inside what is not so good. At least this from neo-orthodoxy and existentialism, its mistress, we may plunder. The scripture is truer to life sometimes than life is to itself. Listen again. In Genesis, the priestly writer borrowing from Babylon pronounces the beginning of creation in darkness. The earth was without form and void, even then. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, even then. Creation always and ever comes out of darkness. Where does good come from? From the not so good. Luke, the, the church's cheerleader in Acts, sets right the nature of baptism. Paul has spent months in Ephesus. He comes upon other disciples who already have been baptized, say they, but they do not understand it. Forgiveness it is, he says, but it is more than forgiveness. Even then, there was confusion. Even among the earliest of followers, there is a fog of confusion. Mark, the earliest gospel writer at the beginning of the gospel, places Jesus in the roiling waters of the icy Jordan under the hand of John. A baptism, yes, for repentance, a cleansing from cultural corruption. For all the familiarity of these readings, there is nothing particularly cozy about them, nothing particularly warm about them, nothing particularly easy about them. They face in the face what you face, darkness, confusion, corruption. But they affirm creation, church, the ministry of Jesus. How do they do so? at the beginning. What good news do they offer you for life at the cusp of a new beginning? It is good news on a blustery winter morning at the beginning of the year. For the gospel today is affirmation and offer of something slight but good. A mere breath, you might say. Our lessons today offer breath. Breath in darkness. The breath of God was moving over the face of the waters. Breath and confusion. When Paul laid his hands on them, the divine breath came upon them. Breath and corruption. The heavens opened and the breath descended upon him like a dove. 
Breath at the beginning of creation. Breath at the beginning of the church. Breath at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Do you sense a pattern emerging here? You veterans of Marsh Chapel preaching for many decades need no reminder that in both Hebrew and Greek, the word for spirit is the word for breath, and the word for breath is the word for spirit. I would not presume on your time to belabor what needs no labor in your case. Spirit is breath. With your voice, your breathing is your most human feature. It makes or breaks a day, a season, a life. For with breath, there is a chance to begin and begin anew. So, breathe. As we begin a new year, let us extol the blessings of a simple existential ritual. It probably will not reach way up to the height of acute sacramental piety, apologies to the liturgists, nor will it perhaps plumb the depths of Baptist piety, apologies to the fundamentalists. It may work, though, for you, for the broad middle stream of life, personality, temperament, culture, tradition, and experience with which, for all our messy middle-of-the-roadness, you and I have the most experience. You may call it a non-religious ritual. Breathe. Breathe to remember. Breathe in and out. It is a refreshing pause and brings a healthy reminder that we are all creatures of God, sheep in another's pasture. We are made in the image and likeness of God, and we are more human than anything else. Breathe to listen, here and over here. While this is the matter of the ears and not the lungs, of the soul and not the body, it is the one single posture, a kind of relational bending of the knee, this listening that represents our faith, the faith of Christ, who has listened to us, forgiven us, and given us his faith to share, that we might, like him, listen to others, that we might, in him, forgive others. Now look at that, just like a preacher talking about listening. Has there ever been a preacher who could listen? But we listen. It is who we are. Breathe to sing, to smile, to sing. It is the response most befitting those made in God's image and those forgiven in Christ's death. We have nothing to defend and everything to share. It is what happens when you finally realize. Catch the spirit. Catch your breath. Get religion. Find love. Learn to sing. Recline into God and Christ. Become aware of what God has done for us. It makes us the singing people we most want to be. So... Breathe at the end of life. How hard it is to watch close friends laboring to breathe. We visited one such friend recently, able to breathe again without a tube. What a lesson to us about the simple, essential blessing of breath. To see him at the culmination of his breatherhood, his life, is perhaps to catch a glimpse of what the psalmist meant. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Thou whose glory above the heavens is chanted by the mouths of babes and infants. Thou hast founded a bulwark because of thy foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast established, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou dost care for him? Yet thou hast made him little less than God. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic! 
is thy name in all the earth. Breathe, breathe at the beginning of life. One night we stopped at the hospital and in the hallway we became surrounded by a dozen young couples, evidently pregnant they, carrying pillows and booklets, being led on a tour that apparently was to conclude in the birthing room. Those of you who have been lamazed know that they were about to be taught to breathe, to breathe together. The trained breathing of the mother, rhythmic, panting, pushing, blowing, following the increasing strength of each contraction, and with the assistance of her ostensibly helpful coach, finally gives way in that miracle moment to the image, the likeness of God born again. And the nurse holds the child and spanks the child, and the child breathes. Every single one of the six billion breathers now on earth carries that unmistakable patent, the imago dei. With our morning breath, may we concentrate May we find wisdom. May we recall in whose shape we have been formed. Yet how distorted this image has largely become. We treat people roughly. We treat even children roughly, forgetting that each one is a little less than God. How easily we do so until we are brought up short when at the beginning of a year, or a season, or a creation, or a church, or a ministry, our breath is taken away. We should make common cause with artists and poets, as did James Weldon Johnson in his beloved creation account. And God stepped out on space, and he looked around, and he said, I'm lonely. I'll make me a world. And as far as the eye of God could see, darkness covered everything, blacker than a hundred midnights down in the cypress swamp. And then God smiled, and light broke, and the darkness rolled up on one side, and the light stood shining on the other, and God said, that's good. And then God walked around, and God looked around on all that he had made. He looked at his sun, and he looked at his moon, and he looked at his little stars. He looked out on his world with all its living things, and God said, I'm lonely still. And then God sat down on the side of a hill where he could think. By a deep, wide river, he sat down with his head in his hands. God thought and thought till he thought, I'll make me a man. And up from the bed of the river, God scooped the clay. And by the bank of the river, he kneeled him down. And there the great God Almighty, who lit the sun and fixed it in the sky, who flung the stars to the most far corner of the night, who rounded the earth in the middle of his hand, this great God, like a mammy bending down over her baby, kneeled down in the dust, toiling over a lump of clay till he shaped it in his own image. Then he blew into it the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Beloved, this year, in the beginning, Breathe consciously, mindfully, personally, purposefully breathe. The breath of God gives us the miraculous, wondrous mystery of life. With every breath, we sing God's praise. This is the wonder of which the psalmist, the wonder of which the poet, the wonder of which the preacher did write. Shall we not then live and breathe, convinced that it is breathing this rarefied air that we should fashion our days. Begin by breathing. 
Darkness, I cannot yet perceive a final solution to all the questions of violence and conflict the globe over, but I am convinced that we should view the matter breathing a rarefied air. Begin by breathing. Confusion, I cannot fathom all the complexities of national, state, city, and school district budgets, nor do I claim to know their ideal shapes, but I am convinced that we should view such matters breathing a rarefied air. Begin by breathing. Corruption, I do not pretend to have all the ultimate answers regarding ongoing issues of life and choice, but I am convinced that we should view the matter breathing a rarefied air. Begin by breathing. It is the breath of God that has made us who and as we are. And as you begin, take a deep breath. Will you breathe with me this year? As we prepare our hearts for prayer, I invite you to stand, to sit, or come forward to kneel at the altar if it is your tradition to do so. Now let us sing together the call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Christians sought to heed the Apostle Paul's admonition to pray without ceasing by praying lines of scripture as often as they breathed. One of these early prayers was from Psalm 70. O God, come to our assistance. O Lord, make haste to help us. When I pray, O God, come to our assistance, I invite you to respond. O Lord, make haste to help us. Creator God, whose spirit breathed upon the waters and whose breath entered the lungs of humanity. We thank you for the beauty and splendor of creation, for the air and all the elements that make life possible. Give each of us discernment in how to honor your creation, strength to choose what is life-giving, and wisdom in stewarding its resources so that all might have provision. O God, come to our assistance. O Lord, make haste to help us. Gathering God, who breathed 
out your spirit on the disciples and called forth the church. We thank you for the mystery of your body, knit together in the womb of creation, gathering people from all nations, tongues, and traditions to witness to the good news of love abundant. Give each of us discernment in how to live and love deeply. Give each of us flesh, hearts, so that we can speak gracefully to each other. And give each of us strength to offer hospitality and welcome to all who are outcast. O God, come to our assistance. O Lord, make haste to help us. And incarnate God, God with us, who was conceived through the breath of the Spirit, we thank you for taking human form, for freedom and healing of creation. Teach us to embody your good news in this community, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our nation. In some way, through each of us, give those who are breathing the dust and fire of war the possibility of reconciliation. Through each of us, Give to those who are breathing captivity, women and children sold into slavery, the possibility of freedom. And through each of us, give to those who labor to breathe from illness or grief or fear for tomorrow, the embrace of intimate, generous community. O oh God, come to our assistance. O oh Lord, make haste to help us. Gathering all these prayers together, these petitions spoken aloud, and all the prayers we hold in our hearts, we pray as Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Beloved, we bid welcome to our guests and visitors this morning. Please help us to come to know your name by joining the congregation in the use of the ritual of friendship, the red book at the end of the pew, as it comes to you from the side or center aisles. We're glad you've come, and we welcome your return as the Spirit moves. We give thanks today for our Ministry of Music and today's musicians, our choristers, our director of music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, and our chapel organist, Mr. Justin Blackwell. Thank you for your gifts to us this day. We invite those of you who are present to join us following worship for Coffee Fellowship on the ground floor of Marsh Chapel. And we encourage all your written and emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship come Sunday. As the congregation now presents the morning offering, we invite those listening to offer online at the Giving Stewardship button on the chapel website, bu.edu chapel. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it.
the joy of creation of new beginnings out of darkness and confusion with you. We offer to you these our gifts this morning, to you and to your synergy of love and justice in the world, that the giving may become receiving and the receiving may become giving. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. Amen.